Thank you, Brother Dave, for your prayer. As has already been mentioned, there are many of our loved ones here from the Peak Church family that are scheduled to take some trips here in the very near future. Ilum and Ellen and Lois and Miriam are planning to leave tomorrow for Israel and Europe. We'll miss you, but you're in for a good trip, Ilum and Ellen. And it's been spoken, the uh, Shadow Valley course is planning to leave on Tuesday. And I believe Caitlin Freed and Erica Gehring are traveling along on that tour. We want to wish you God's blessings as you go and share God's word and song. Claire and Diane are planning to leave on Tuesday for a trip to the Rocky Mountains. And Dave and LaVon and their family are planning to leave on Tuesday. I'm sorry. Next week. They're planning to leave next week on a six-week trip to the West Coast. What are we going to do without our preacher? Dave and LaVon will miss you too. Have a nice time with your family. Sheldon and Sherry just got back from a trip to Wisconsin, and so there's a lot of people traveling here and there. And some of you in the audience, you might begin to think, well, what about me? I'd like to go on a nice trip. Well, brothers and sisters, don't be so sad. The Bible tells us of another trip that is exponentially much greater than any of of those trips that I just mentioned. The reservations are already assured for those who have placed their trust in the Lord Jesus, in the pilot, the Lord Jesus. And at a time predetermined by the Father, he will send his son back for the bride of Christ. Thinking about the tickets for that trip, I would remind you they are only one-way tickets. There's no return, praise God. The Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We may be on a trip a lot sooner than we expected. You know, many people might have asked the question, well, how do we know when this trip is ready to commence? Well, God's Word speaks to that as well. The title of the message this morning is, As in the Days of Noah. For a text, I would invite you to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 Verses 36 to 39. Jesus says this, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, or Noe, or Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood... They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. 
You all know that at the beginning of chapter 24 that the disciples had come to Jesus and they asked the question, well, what's to be the sign of your coming? What's to be the sign of the end of the age or the end of the world? And in the middle of the chapter, Jesus very explicitly, he named the individual signs that are just prior to his coming. There's deception, there's wars, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, persecutions, false prophets, unceasing iniquity, and apostasy. And I ask you, does that sound like the world we live in today? Absolutely, it does. I would turn to another passage that's similar. Luke chapter 17, verses 26 to 30. Luke chapter 17, verses 26 to 30. Once again, Jesus said, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, and they drank, and they married wives, and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And just like that, in verse 28, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Thus, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Well, what was the focus of these people here in Luke chapter 17? It seems that their external lifestyle revealed the condition of the interior of their heart. The things that they were doing was revealing what was in here in their heart. Their focus was on the temporal, and really it seems they had no concern for the future. They were just wanting to live for the present, for the the fun that they can be involved in, with no hope, no concern for the future. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, reads this way. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. 1 Peter 3.20 speaks about the patience of God while Noah and his sons were building an ark. Can you imagine undertaking a project. Dave, I don't know how long it takes you all. You get on a project and maybe a half a year, a year, you're moving through that, you're going to another project. Can you imagine spending 120 years on a project? And God was patient during that time. Noah preached and he warned the people of the coming judgment with no converts. Can you imagine? preaching for a hundred years with no response. People with hard hearts throwing off the preaching that they heard. There's a lot of people today. The first point of the message, I'd like to consider conditions just prior to the flood. I'd like to turn to what God says in his word about the time of Noah, Genesis chapter 6. What does God's word say? of the conditions just prior to the flood. The con- Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 8. The Lord saw how great wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination 
of the thoughts of his heart were only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, man and men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found grace. I'm sorry. I'm thinking King James. I'm reading from the NIV. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. I'd like to read verses 11 to 13 as well. Now the earth was corrupt. We're talking about the conditions just before the flood. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth All the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. What do we see in these verses about the conditions just prior to the flood? Number one, excuse me, number one, it seemed like men valued physical beauty Versus godly character. Now I didn't read chapter 6 verse 1. But it talked about the men going out. And seeing beautiful women. And getting married to them. It seemed they had. They were attracted to the beauty. They weren't so concerned with what was on the inside. The internal character. But they went out and married any of them that they choose. Regardless of character. Their focus was on the beauty. Secondly. The wickedness of men continued to take them further and further away from God. Thirdly, the appetites of men's hearts were continually toward evil. And fourthly, all people were corrupted, the Bible says, and they were given to violence. At least two different times it talks about the violence that was there just before the flood. But there was one bright spot in the account, and that was Noah and his family. In verse 8, It talks about Noah finding grace or favor with the Lord. In essence, God said this to Noah. Noah, I have a job for you. I want you and I want your sons to build a large boat for the preservation of mankind on the earth. And while you're building, I would like you to preach for me. Preach and warn the people of the soon coming judgment. And so he did. Noah did exactly what God asked him to do but with no results. Those were the conditions just prior to the flood. Jesus said those conditions and the conditions that we face in our time will be just like it was the conditions in Noah's day. Now I would like to invite you to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and think about existing conditions today in 2023. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. I'll read this from the NIV as well. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who warm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women and so on. So do you think as, you, as we read this list in 2 Timothy chapter 3, does that sound like the conditions in Genesis chapter 6? And I think we would conclude that absolutely the conditions are similar or the same as they were in Noah's day. So what are the conditions today in our world today? Would we say people love themselves in the Bible there in 2 Timothy 3? Lovers of themselves. Most of you have probably have heard the, the word narcissism. There's a lot of people in our world today that are narcissistic. They have a view of themselves and care little about others. I guess years ago... I never understood so much. Most, most of you probably have heard or seen people that are involved in taking selfies, taking selfies with their camera. If there's something great there at some, some place, some location, and there's something wonderful in the background like the Leaning Tower of Pisa or whatever it is, you know, they want to stand up and they get this picture and they take a picture of their self and they want to make broadcast it out on social media, look at me, look what I've done. There's a lot of people that desire, they want to do things that are really bizarre and really dangerous. They want to take these selfies. And I found this statistic that 259 people have died worldwide from 2011 to 2017 because they were taking Pictures. They were enamored with self and they wanted to show other people these dangerous things or the things that they were doing. And 259 people lost their lives because they were enamored with self. Secondly, conditions of our day, lovers of money. There are many people that take advantage of others. They reject biblical principles. They don't care about those things. They want to get all they can and they want to focus on themselves Spending it for themselves, lovers of money. Thirdly, they are disobedient to parents. Do we see that in our world today? I see, personally, a general disrespect for all authority. I think it's rampant. You hear stories in the news or read it in the newspaper of the rampant disrespect of authority, and I think it's a scourge on our nation. Rampant. Fourthly, it talks about being ungrateful here in 2 Timothy 3. People seem to embrace an entitlement mentality. You owe it to me. I don't care whether they're not thankful, but you owe it to me. An entitlement mentality, sad. Fifth, there's unforgiveness. There's a lot of people that are not afraid to hold to ill will and hate and resentment. And we know what the Bible says in the Sermon on the Mount, that if we hate others and are not going to forgive, neither will your Heavenly Father forgive you. It's a serious thing to hold ill will and resentment and hate in hearts. Number six, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. 
Why is it that some people in the world today, they can go out and go to a football stadium and sit in weather that's 20 degrees with the wind blowing and spit in snow for three hours, but to think of going to a church service like you've done this morning and spend an hour here, well, church is boring. That's the mentality of our world today. And number seven, those people that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. There are many people today that embrace religion, but they have little power to resist the temptations of the world. And I would suggest to you that we need to beware. There's a lot of people today that are bowing to the God of Google. It seems like Google can do anything. You can pull out your phone. You can ask it any any question. There's a lot of people that maybe would like to know the will of God, and they pray about it and seek God, and and they don't seem to get an answer. But, boy, it's good because Google will answer right away. Is that a danger? Gillen and Colleen happened to be at our house over the weekend yesterday, and he's really techy. I guess he writes programs for computers way out of my league. I have hardly understand what he understands, I'm sure. But anyway, we were talking yesterday, and I said, Galen, I understand that if you know how to do it, you can uh, connect to a certain platform, and you can ask them for information. You can ask them maybe even for a sermon, and it'll spit it out. Is that really right? And we were talking, and I wasn't paying much attention to to Galen. And he typed in his phone, prepare a sermon on 2 Corinthians chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 3. We just read 2 Timothy chapter 3. And anyway, I wasn't paying much attention. It's... There's, I guess there's a platform or something, it's called AI or artificial intelligence. John Ralph and some of the others might know, would obviously know a whole lot more. Nick would know much more about this than I do. And contact this chat GPT and you can ask this and that's evidently that's where Galen went yesterday. And so he said, prepare a sermon on 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we were talking in probably less than a minute, this thing came up on his computer. There was a nice title, and it was this, Navigating the Challenges of the Last Days. That was the title. There was a nice introduction. There was a three-point outline with subpoints under those, and there was a nice conclusion in less than a minute's time. Ilm, Dave, we could save ourselves a lot of time, couldn't we? Brothers and sisters, God forbid. It's my desire that whatever we share here has been endorsed and empowered by Almighty God and the Holy Spirit. And I believe if we go to those platforms, maybe some of the words are similar. But I wonder, is there any power? 
I have no power of my own, but by the grace of God, and thank you for praying, Dave, we need the power of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit moving within us that this word may be effective in my life and in your life too. And I feel strongly about it. Let's beware. Let's don't bow to the God of Google. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but there's a few other things that I think about. There's a lot of people in our world that have rejected truth. They have rejected the Bible. Because of it, there's no moral absolutes seemingly in our world today. And it's true that our country has banished Bible classes and banished prayer from the classroom. Our country has deleted the Ten Commandments and rejected them and thrown them from the courts of the land. And there's no wonder that our country is in a mess that it is because you delete and separate God and throw him out. No wonder there's fragmentations and problems and issues in our world. No wonder people's lives are such a mess and they have no idea where to go to for moral truth. Here's moral truth. Morality is under attack, another thing. Traditional marriage is labeled old-fashioned. And I don't know whether this is true or not, but I heard someone say recently that over 25% of high school, over 25% of high school students today identify with the LBGT plus community or those who reject traditional marriage. Thank God that's not true of Berea. But there's a lot of places in our world today, and I don't know if that, that quote statistic is true, but it, obviously our world is trending that way. Thirdly, violence is on the upswing. There are senseless shootings that have happened. I heard a count recently of, a, of some youth that were playing with a basketball, and the basketball happened to roll into the neighbor's yard, and this youth went to re retrieve the basketball, and the man started shooting at him. That's senseless. Another one, there was a fairly close community in a neighborhood and there were some people and there was a, a baby in the house that was sleeping and there was a man shooting and the neighbor was shooting his gun at something and they requested, would you mind to tone it down? We have a baby sleeping. And the man came over and shot five of his neighbors and killed the, the mother and the child and three other adults. Senseless. That's our world. Jesus said, just like it was in those days, and he talked. the Bible talks about the violence that was in the land in Noah's day. It's same, the same is true in our day today. It's my understanding that there have been 263 mass shootings in 2023, or more than one a day. We are living in a world of violence. I need to move on. How shall we then live, brothers and sisters? This is the third point. As we think of Noah's day, there was one bright spot in a dark world, and that was a faithful man and his family. But Noah found grace, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Luke 18, verse 8, asks a similar question. Luke chapter 18, verse 8, thinking about Noah being faithful and his family and his generation, 
What about this generation? Luke chapter 18, verse 8. I tell you then that he will avenge them speedily, Jesus said. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. What a blessing. One man and his family in Noah's day, faithful. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God is looking for faithful you and me and our generation. Will he find faith on the earth? Revelation chapter 19, verses 5 to 7. Revelation chapter 19, verses 5 to 7. The Bible tells us, And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Notice verse 7, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Are you ready? Am I ready? And I recognize, brothers and sisters, that what I've shared to this point is negative, somewhat negative. I understand that. But I don't apologize for sharing to you God's word God's word says, just like it was in Noah's day, that's going to be how it is in our day. And I realize it's somewhat negative. But will God find faith on the earth? And I would tell you, is there anyone, is there any youth here that maybe you're distressed or you're struggling as you think about the condition of the world and you realize that, no, I'm really not ready for Jesus to come. Well, there is a remedy. Matthew chapter 11, I should be able to quote this by, by, out of my head. I'll try and then I'll turn to this if I need to. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke and take my lo- yoke upon you, me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do we have anyone here, any youth? I'm not trying to unsettle anyone. But Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Are your sins covered by the blood? And if not, Jesus says, come unto me, I'll give you rest. There is a remedy in Jesus. He's coming back for those that are prepared for him. I'd like to end the sermon on a positive note. You and I, we as Christians, have a lot to look forward to. And Jesus coming back. In conclusion, brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming again. And he's promised in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am. Praise God.
I would like to close this morning.